We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, the PGP, the show about the show, the show within the show. We encourage you to subscribe on iTunes. And when you do that, please leave a review. That way that other people can find it. It definitely helps other people find the podcast. It is the show about the show, and other people need to find the show about the show. The Permission Granted Podcast, also available on daoncbs.com. Easily listenable DA On Demand link there. Now, Mraz joins me in today, Monday's show. We did a lot on athletes that end their careers in odd uniforms after Tony Parker signs with the Charlotte Hornets. Sometimes I hesitate on radio shows like that because they sound a little bit like Mount Rushmore shows. Yes, a little bit, but this was different and relevant. I feel like it was relevant, and I also feel like those are the shows where you're digging into the minutia of sports versus really easy, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame, who's your Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks ever, We got some really good ones. Like, I don't even remember Frank Thomas on the Blue Jays or Manny Ramirez on the Rays. I would have never remembered those without our callers and listeners. Right, and every once in a while, it's good for a good trip down memory road where if if callers are bringing something to the table there and bringing up stuff that we would forget, I think that's a great conversation. I enjoyed it. But the one thing that annoyed (laughs) you was that we talked right off the bat about Arizona Cardinals, Emmitt Smith, which is obviously really weird, and that's kind of the one that everybody always cites all the time. It's Jordan on the Wizards, Emmitt on the Cardinals. And so we we talked about that right off the bat when he started this. And the conversation went like more than an hour. And as the hour went on, more and more people kept calling you to tell you Emmett Smith Cardinals off the air. Off the air. So basically what I would do in my producer spot, if we take you behind the scenes, is I would ask them on the phone, because we had a lot of phone calls on this, who do you want to mention? And the whole point was you don't want to have the same guy mentioning the 10th person on the air. That All right, we already did that because there's constantly new people listening. I must have gotten, it had to have by the end been at least 12 to 15 people thinking they just came up with Emmett Smith on the Cardinals. Like, I got the case cracker. This is one you guys haven't talked about. By the end, I was literally slamming the phone into the receiver because I couldn't take it anymore. And I'm not blaming the caller because if they just tuned in, didn't hear a Sam Smith to the Cardinals. But it's, I mean, at some point, don't we realize, like, this is so obvious? You know, it's one thing to mention Manny Ramirez on the Rays, but isn't Emmett Smith on the Cardinals so obvious that you'd think we'd have that one? That's the thing. You can't really have a running ticker on the radio. Here's all of the guys we've named right. and just keep doing it every 10 minutes. So, yeah, it seems really obvious. The best part, though, was that who was the final call that broke, the straw that broke the camel's back for you? It's my father. <laughs> 
My father, who is on vacation by himself and, of course, going nowhere, but sitting in the backyard under the deck with his dog, just listening to the show on Alexa, texts me, hey, how about Emmett Smith to the Cardinals? And I, I <laughs> dropped a couple F-bombs to him in a text message. Uh, knowing, by the way, because I tweeted out enough with Emmett Smith, that he's not following me on Twitter. And he, he literally just thought, hey, you guys didn't mention this. Dad, enough. We did mention it 43 times. Enough. So this upcoming weekend, you're leaving for Hawaii for the week? That's it. So uh, next week, you're out. I'm out. Get him, Get me out. Get him out. Get him out. I'll be in, uh, yeah, two islands, Oahu and Kauai. Volcano islands? <laughs> well, every island in Hawaii is the volcanoes. The current volcanic problems uh-huh. are existing on the, quote, unquote, the big island, which the big is one island. of the islands. We are avoiding the big island. Now, is the big island called Hawaii and then the other other islands have different names? Like- all the islands have different names, but they're all Hawaii. It would be like going okay. to, I mean, it is a state, so it, it's just like pick Picking cities, if you will, and then there's towns within the city. So the Big Island, I wonder what the Big Island's actual name is. It's the Big Island. That's what they've named it? It's Oahu, Maui, the Big Island, Kauai, and there's another one. So why did the Big Island get an English name, and then all the other ones have native Hawaiian names? I don't know. I don't know, but if you look on a map, it's called the Big Island, and huh. there all the other ones are called that. So volcanic problems is on the Big Island. Right now, yeah. The Big Island has the eruptions, the lava flows. Which is where Honolulu port. is. No, Honolulu is on Oahu. That's oh. where I'm going first. Oh, I am I'm staying on Waikiki Beach in Honolulu. Nice. That's where Pearl Harbor is as well over yeah. there. So I'm doing that for a couple of days and then going over to Kauai where Jurassic Park was filmed. And that has wow. like all the beautiful nature. You would love that. The nature trails with the waterfalls. Yeah. And other volcanoes. So we're going to do that one day, do a bunch of hiking, which, you know, you know, an 11 mile hike, a mile and a half in, I'm going to be cursing at my wife going, get me back to a coconut on the beach. Get me out. Get me out. But yeah, so we got a lot coming up. That's awesome. So I heard you mention last week, that's one of the two states you've never been to either. Yeah. I think Idaho and Hawaii is the last one. So Idaho, Very odd for me to travel somewhere you've never been. Yeah. Actually, I, I take that back. I've added Oregon to the list. I okay. Oregon, Idaho, Hawaii are the last ones for me. Hawaii is just a far trip. I mean, I can't believe I checked off Alaska, but I did do Alaska a number of years ago. Because I was covering the Great Alaska Shootout That's in college right. when Syracuse played there against Ohio State, and I think they played Penn State, somebody else. So that was really wild. I mean, I had a it's a big Thanksgiving. That was a Thanksgiving, yeah. Thanksgiving, I spent senior year in college in in Anchorage with Andrew Catalan. <laughs> Two of us eating turkey at a sports ah, bar. Ah, seems all worth it. But Hawaii is amazing. But how long is that trip from New York? So from New York, you can get direct flights. We did not. So I believe it is going to take us with a f- hour layover each way, 13 hours there, 11 and a half hours back. My layover on the way there is in Salt Lake City. So I have to get off the plane in Salt Lake City for an hour. I don't know, find something to eat, stockpile my bag. That's another thing I'm worried about. I need to put food in my bag because I feel like I'm going to be starving for that long. Yeah, because how long are the two legs? Uh, one is Here to Salt Lake, it's, it's got to be five. five. I think it's five, and then we're looking at a seven. From Salt Lake to Hawaii. That's why it's always been intimidating for me. Yeah, it's a long trek. And then on the way back, I stop at LAX and then back to New York. And you're doing one week. One week. So Saturday to Saturday? Saturday. No, I'm leaving Sunday morning early, but we get so I'm leaving 7 a.m. New York time. I'm landing it with the equivalent would be 8 p.m. New York time. However, it's 2 p.m. in Hawaii. Right, right. So it's going to mess me up. I'm going to get off, but in theory, I'm going to have my whole afternoon in Hawaii, okay. and it's, but my body's going to think it's 8 p.m. On the way back, I'm leaving on a red-eye Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like an 11 p.m. flight or something like that, and I don't land till 4.30 in the afternoon yeah. Eastern time on Sunday. So essentially that whole next Sunday is like, what happened to me? Oh, my God. That Monday morning when you come in, you're going to be a nightmare. Shawnee bagged on Monday. Nice. I took off Buffer that Monday. Buffer day. 
buffer. No, and you know what? I thought that I need smart it. though, because by the time I land. It, and I got to get situated, and what, I'm just going to jump right back into sleep and get on no. New York time? I feel like that we'll long a flight, it. I need a day just to kind of get my wits about me. You won't be productive that Monday. No, exactly. Jump in. I, first of all, I won't have any clue what the heck happened on the weekend sports either. You need a buffer day. I need a buffer day. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. But again, big concerns, food, what do I eat on the flights, mm-hmm. how much do I pack, am I, mm-hmm. you know, am I packing McMuffins into the bag and popping them out every two hours? And I'm hosting till 2 a.m., have a flight at 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to sleep, uh, essentially. No, not so, at all. But the hope is, and the reason I took that shift, I could sleep on the flight. I'm hoping. But if I can't sleep on a flight, I'm going to be so loopy by the time I get to Hawaii. And I don't want to mess up that first day either. No, you need the buffer day. The buffer day is huge. Huge. Smart move. Veteran of the process right there. Veteran. So we'll see. Me and Hawaii, what could go wrong? You know, we were joking behind the scenes today about in radio... Who would be the equivalent of Tony Parker going to the Charlotte Hornets and seem really weird? And we kind of were making jokes about guys that have moved on from producer roles and went to do other things. And then we kind of brought up D-Ben, Tom Benedetto, who is formerly the overnight producer for Amy, who mm-hmm. we've talked about in this, this podcast, moving to weekends. And so there was the big debate that we did on the podcast, which was, would you rather work Monday through Friday overnights, but it's a five-day work week, you have your weekends off, Right. Or would you rather have two days off during the week? In this case, I think it's Monday, Tuesday he's off. I think so. Let's just say that for argument purposes. But you're working Saturday, Sunday, and you lose your nights, your weekend nights. So Saturday night, you're out. Sunday night, you're out. You're working here at the studio. But you're sleeping on a normal schedule. Would you rather just be off overnights? And we both said it's a really tough call because we did overnights, and they're just miserable and brutal. Right. But at least you have your weekends. And you kind of get a three-day weekend in some ways because you're off the air at 6 a.m. Friday morning. Or can look at it as a one-day weekend where you're so tired Friday, and then you're off Saturday, and then, boom, you got to go back in Sunday night. Either way, it works. A one? I never thought about it. A one-day weekend. There were some weeks where it was bleak in my mind where I was so tired on Friday, only had seven, woke up Sunday, like, great, I got to go back tonight. Tonight, which is a Sunday. You wake up Sunday, though. Yeah, but the point is Friday, since you get out and you're You're so messed up, you're cooked, it doesn't count anyway, and you only have Saturday. There were plenty of times where I looked at it as the three-day, but there were a lot of times I looked at it as the one-day. Because you looked at Friday as a work day, and then Sunday as a work day. Yes, exactly. Correct. Because you go in for Sunday. Because Monday's show is technically Sunday night. You're on the air at 2 a.m. Eastern time. Monday morning, but you and go it's not into- like you're enjoying cocktails on a Sunday or anything because you still got to go in at night. Okay, so we debated this. This was a tough one, but how about this? James Ward, who formerly <laughs> had that role on the weekends, has left for a television job. He's got promoted and got a tremendous job on the television side of things, which is awesome. But now I need a producer for Sunday morning football. Oh, boy. And so I think the D-Ben might end up sliding into that role, which I hope because I really like Tom. So I've been asking people around here because I haven't seen Tom since he switched because I'm not around during the weekends. How's he, he doing? He for me on the 4th of July. People have said he looks like a new man. Couldn't agree more. He, people have said this guy has his life, life, his life zest, his zeal for life back, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, excitable, this is a man that has lost his Saturdays and Sundays and works at night on both of them and couldn't be happier. What does that say about the overnight shift? It drains you. It kills you. And I can speak to this. He was my producer when I filled in for Bill Ryder on the 4th of July. Okay. And anytime I've been around Tom and Piss, I like him, but he always kind of was like cranky or he could be moody. I couldn't have had a happier 
more productive producer than I had in Tom really? on the 4th of July. Laughing, having a good time, even going to him on the air and stuff. He was funny, quick. It was like a totally different person than I had known two months wow. earlier. How about that? I, I walked out of the laughing the whole ride home. Some of the stuff Tom was saying off the air. He couldn't have been better, more productive. I think it's such a mental drain to work overnight. It really is. You don't think about it in the moment until you get out of it. So I guess it's like being in a gang, right? Like you don't realize how much trouble you're in. Then you get out of it. You're like, why was I in that life? You know, that's, that's probably a good metaphor, actually, because it's I mean, exactly the same thing. I was, I was coming into work at one a.m. We were here until six a.m. I would stay until seven. Go home. Try to be in bed by eight, and sleep eight to two, eight to oh. three. Then be up. And then, okay, yeah, you're up, but you're, like, trying to get your body back normal, and you can't tell if you're hungry or not. Seven hours behind everybody. Am I eating breakfast? Am I eating lunch? You have not slept well because it's bright out. There's noises outside your house. You can never sleep quietly in the middle of the day. UPS comes. Postman comes. Delivery comes. Amazon comes. Whatever. You get woken up. I mean, if you just, live with somebody, they think just because you're home and they need something dropped off or that like, you should be running errands. I'm sure some people keep their phone on during this. I put my phone in the other room and silenced it so that I had no idea. But if you, for you, you were kind of like booking guests in the middle of it. So you're waking up three hours in trying to book a guest. Checking emails, falling back asleep, seeing if somebody answered me. It was pr- a brutal process. Waking up, Ryan Callahan's traded. There's a whole thing going on. And then we would eat dinner. I guess you and Kenny Brock would come here like right after dinner or like around 10. We would get here by like 10, yeah. 10. I would, after dinner, I would not be able to stay up until 1 a.m. So at around like 9 or 10, I would take a one-hour nap and then wake up at midnight. Brutal. And come in. So imagine doing that five days a week and then on the weekends trying to figure out like if you can sleep normally, which you can't. You're trying to reset your body. And then do that a couple of years. Forget it. And so we did it two years. We were at the end of our ropes. He did it three plus. Tom D, congrats. I'm glad you're off of that because now you're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. You got your zest for life back. And long story longer, he only had to do weekend nights for like two weeks because of this James Ward job. Now he's going to weekend days. So he's getting his weekend nights Oh, nice. Oh, so. That was announced. So that would be how he could fit in with Sunday morning football. Gotcha, gotcha. So it just the timing of it worked out where he only bit the bullet on weekend nights two weeks. Now working weekend still isn't great, but he has his nights off. Yeah, that's big. Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, he's home. He took the risk and it paid dividends. Sometimes you just roll the dice and they hit for you. Wow. So it's worked out for Tom, and I'm telling you, if he ends up, and I don't know the ins and outs of your producer, judging by what I had, I think you'll be happy. Very good. That's side A. Here's side B. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, welcome into side B of the PGP. A very special side B. It is the two- Hundredth permission granted podcast. 200. And as you can see, we've lost track of these so much that you didn't even hear acknowledgement of the 200th inside A. That's how good we are. They don't they don't matter. Well, they do matter, but we lose count because we're putting out quality podcasts week after week. And I am Sean Moraz, host of Side B on the PGP and executive producer of the DA show. Joined. Who else would we have when you think about the history of the DA show? <laughs> 200 permission granted podcasts. 
There's nobody you'd rather have more that has been a fabric of this show from day one than Andrew Bokish. Andrew, how you doing? From day one, uh, I am honored and overjoyed and really now worried about being the guest on episode 200. I need to bring something to the table here. I'm not sure I'm prepared. Well, we're going to have fun like we always do. And and right off the shoot, I would say a lot of this is going to focus on behind the scenes some food stories and some food elements, mm. which really ties in 200 episodes of the PGP. It's probably the leading topic. Right. Yeah. If food's not at the focus. And, there, you know, give you the rundown here. We'll, we'll go right out the shoot. Number one, yesterday I was stunned at how much on Twitter the waffle versus French toast debate yeah. took off. Involving France versus Bel Belgium. Belgian, Belgian, yeah. France versus Belgian, Belgium, Bel. All right, so this is where I got thrown off. The country is, is Belgium, but the people are Belgian. I don't get it. I, I said Belgiumese, and that was wrong. Oh yeah, it's very wrong. Why would you change the M and the N? It doesn't even make any sense. I I can't get into the linguistics of this. But all I know is that Belgiumers. You know, it could have been anything right. like no, that. No, I mean Belgiumese is probably the logical assumption, but unfortunately, it's not. I just don't get what if it's Belgium, Belgian. You know, you can get confused there. Yeah, I mean Belgiumese waffle. It just doesn't doesn't flow off the tongue. Yeah, but it's not a Belgian waffle. It's a Belgium waffle. No, it's a Belgian waffle because it's from Belgium. It's a Belgian waffle. No, 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 no. Anytime yeah. I've been out to breakfast, it's been order a Belgium waffle. You may be saying Belgium waffle, but if you look at the menu, it's B-E-L-G-I-A-N. And in particular, this isn't shtick. I any, think you're wrong. At any <laughs> actual like upstanding establishment, it's a Belgian waffle. Like, they're French fries, not France fries, or France <laughs> toast. By the way, you've handled that transition from France to French pretty easily. So I did, I let's did. Let's get a hold of this next Well, one. what about then calling it Brench, you know, instead of Belgium, or Bel- Belgench? Why would we do that? Well, if it's like France or French. You see what I'm saying? Like, where do they figure this out? Why is it not Fransom? Then or Franson, then if it's Belgian, like we, there should be a consistent way we refer to people from countries if we're not going to call them by the country name. I don't know why the ESE thing is like your like why China to Chinese is your basic transition for for this conversation. I guess you're right because we're in America, but we're Americans, right? Right. But if you're in Belgium, you should be Belgium man, and they're Russians. And yeah, but then they're the English or the Irish. I mean, it just it, it just changes. No, there's saying, no rhyme or reason here. There should be more consistency, and there's not. But um, correct. Well, at least for you, I don't have to let you know you are wrong. It is Belgium waffle. Okay. I'm glad you confirmed that. Anyway, uh, I, I was shocked at how much it took off for, for talking about the World Cup there, and I I'm also shocked at how many people are so pro French toast, and how rare I see people when I'm out to breakfast order French toast. Mm. I I just don't get. It's like that's like the trendy, cool thing to say is that you like French toast. Like the waffle is an American pastime or a Belgium pastime, if you will. (laughs) And do we have confirmation, by the way? We've adopted it. To get way off topic here, did the waffle actually get invented in Belgium? Maybe that kind of waffle, the bigger four-quarter one? I mean, that's the difference. Like it's not a Lego my ego. Right. Well, the ego probably got invented in America. But the ego so. was probably a spinoff of the Belgium waffle, right? And, sh- and, and you know, decreased in size to fit inside the box, to fit inside the freezer at the supermarket. But I'm saying they wouldn't just call it a Belgium waffle. No one does, but okay. If it wasn't <laughs> invented in Belgium, 
perfected there. I don't know. I mean, like pasta was first in in Asia, and then but now it's an Italian thing. I mean, things mm, things. A noodle was in Asia. Pasta was in Italy. Okay, but you see my point, right? And now I have no doubts. Toast was invented anywhere else but France, but they put their own spin on it to make it mm. the French toast, right? You know, by dipping it in the batter with the cinnamon and right. so much, so on. You know, it's funny. We had this conversation, and part of your argument, and it's a very valid one, the versatility of a waffle. Oh, yeah. It's a very valid one, and it and it is it wins that particular head-to-head with French toast. Well, I went home yesterday, and I was flipping around, and I, uh, I ended up on the, the Travel Channel. Oh, that's a big Tuesday. And they were making a croque masseur, which oh, is, those are two French words. Don't worry about it, but it's it's a sandwich and it's French toast as the bread with ham and cheese. That sounds delicious. Right. Croque masseur. Yeah, I don't know what croque So like a dead means. masseuse. Well, masseur, I think, is man. Oh. Like mister. I, I would believe. take that as a masseuse, and croque means you're dead. Dead masseuse. Yeah, again, French toast, croque's ham, an English American. word. This is C-R-O-Q-U-E. Croquet, like a potato. Similar. A croquette, yeah, exactly. You sure it's not a croquet masseuse? It's not. It's not, it's not masseuse either. It's croque. Masseur. <laughs> Croque Masseur. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I just wanted to bring up that I was I was stunned by that development, uh, how much I people were French into toast. it. Yeah, I'm starving. And Not a Belgian waffle. On top of that, we discussed pre-show on this, and all of a sudden, we ordered breakfast yesterday, which we rarely do order breakfast as a show. And myself, well, you got me hooked on the turkey sausage. You said, I'm going to get a turkey yeah. sausage, eggs, and cheese on a bagel. Yeah. I did the same. I loved it. You were disappointed by thus turkey sausage. Yes, the sandwich in a vacuum was good. The problem was I wanted like a circular sausage patty, which you get often at like a fast food, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's. That's what you get. I wanted that turkey version pretending to be healthy. Instead, we got like a butterfly turkey sausage link. Almost like a thick kielbasa. Yeah, I mean, it was... Polish. It was good. It just wasn't what I was specifically craving. So there was a very small little window of disappointment for me. Yeah, you said... And then 5 o'clock happened. And and we'll get to that now. You were disappointed by the sausage. I ended up loving it. I thought it was a hearty meal. You, though, come in this morning and say, turkey sausage, bad scene, 5 p.m. You, plumbing problems on Long Island. Now, it was filling. I didn't have lunch yesterday because the bagel was so good. Uh, Went to the gym. Oh, no. Got a smoothie from the gym. Now, it's like lighten a match. Can't, I can't blame the smoothie because it couldn't have acted that fast. But no, but it could be. It could light as but a— it was the impetus. Right. It's, it's an igniter. For almost not getting home. Oh, come on. Yeah. I mean, it was now, dicey. Now, I understand me not getting— almost right. not getting home. Well, Robbie Rosenhaus, as he finds his way in every PGP, not yeah. getting home. The bigger guy who's had his share of, uh, you know, plumbing incidents. Right. The bogish, the skinny guy, nervous to even fart around people— you're the guy now that it almost didn't make it home? Well, I mean, it was sometimes things happen. And Beat whatever, of sweat? Uh, making a right into your neighborhood going, oh, my body knows I'm almost home? I did I did maybe break a law or two, like, and took and, like, was jumping around people and driving a little more aggressively than I normally would have <laughs> to get home. Now, I did safely get home in time, but it was as dicey a situation as I've had in, in recent memory. A photo finish, would you say? Um, Close to it. No better feeling than that, huh? Yeah. When you win the race, if you will. <laughs> it's, I mean, the, uh, avoiding the embarrassment of having to clean my car, yes. That, yeah. that was a good feeling yesterday. I don't need a detailing. <laughs> this is good. Uh, that's, so that's number two on the food agenda. Number three. Literally. 
something that I'm sure no no listener really cares about, yet we've discussed on the PGB before. So much so has had Hike Feldman on. Donut Friday's taking a hit around CBS Sports Radio as we approach this Friday. This is Wednesday morning. This is Wednesday morning. So there is some controversy going on in the CBS Sports Radio newsroom. And let me just say, last, well, two Fridays ago I came in, and there's usually a dozen donuts that are shared amongst the newsroom. But on most days, there's like seven donuts by the time I come in because they're yeah. purchased about a half an hour before I arrive. And, you know, there's usually a good variety in the bunch. Two Fridays ago, for whatever reason, there was only two donuts left, neither of which were ones I particularly like, so I passed on Donut Friday, which is fine for whatever reason. The donuts went hot and heavy early. You understand Mm -hmm. you lose that week. You move on. I figure it out. I went and bought a muffin for myself instead, anticipating the donut didn't have it. Last week I come in, there's a full six-packer of donuts, but not in a dozen donut boxes to six-pack. I was told only six were purchased. I later found out six it was six and six, and the other six went to the other station over mm-hmm. here. In that six box, three were jelly, two were cream-filled, one was strawberry frosted. Now, here's my issue there. Number one, I don't like biting into anything that squirts in my mouth. I've made that clear before. Mm-hmm. So jelly donuts <laughs> and cream-filled donuts are out. I understand that might you know, be for some people, but they're out for me. I have taken the temperature of this newsroom before. Yes. And for the majority of this newsroom... The jelly and cream-filled ones don't go over well here. They just don't. This yeah. is not a squirting newsroom. Uh, no, we're all we're mostly gentlemen around here. We're mostly gentlemen. So we 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 step away from those. Now I'm okay with the jelly donut, Boston cream, never ever ever. But but we don't need five of them. No, and this has been. I I didn't want to bring this up. I'm glad that you did. This is one okay. of the good reasons for you having you around because you say things that others don't want to say. Right, Ike, who created this, yes, who fought Ike us, Feldman. Fought us to the death on the Entenmann's versus Dunkin' Donuts debate as well. Right. Correct. He is horrible at actually buying the donuts. When it's my turn, I take pride in picking. I mean, you get. I think about every person in the newsroom. I think he likes this. I think he likes this. No, I don't go personal, but I do. Like, if you go to Dunkin', they'll pick them for you, and it's a disaster. I'll stand there, and I'll get six, seven, eight different types of donuts within the 12. Right. So there's variety. Others go close their eyes and get whatever they get and there's it's usually a disaster. Well, and Duncan wants to get way. rid of some of the stuff that doesn't move, exactly. like the cream-filled ones. So, and that's no offense to Duncan Donuts, you got a job to do. Right. But the point is, so last week I look at that box of six, and I can't have any of those. I don't no. like it. So now I'm 2 weeks without donuts. And now I'm getting frustrated because my day's coming up to buy donuts, mm-hmm. and if I'm going to buy the donuts, I need to at least have donuts bought for me in previous weeks, if you will. Right. So now I've come to the situation for two straight weeks of me not eating donuts. Okay, now next week was going to be my week where I was going to buy. I'm on vacation, so we were going to have to bump it back. The person who's supposed to buy this week gets asked by Ike Feldman this morning, Wednesday morning, hey, it's your reminded. Reminded. That person that shall be renamed remain nameless, says, I'm out. Yeah, I'm going on how about that? I'm out. <laughs> That's for next week. I'm out. Ike today. Ike today. Go- Gets told, I'm out on Donut Friday by this person. Shockwaves through the newsroom. Yeah. Because this is the first blow to Ike who thinks he's like the dictator of donuts, if you will. The DD. The dotator. The dotator. He gets told, no, and that's an embarrassing moment for Ike in front of everybody. <laughs> Ike then has the nerve to turn to me. All right, well, Sean, you're on vacation next week. Your turn to step up if he's out. And by the way, tells us the person, no more donuts for you. Yeah. Which I get. You can't have another donut ever. You can't have another donut Ow, ever. Which breaking was, the cipher. Which was rough. Oof. 
But Ike turns to me then and goes, well, you're next in line. You step up. I tell him, based on me not having donuts two previous weeks, I was waiting to see if there was a donut I liked this week or I was going to be out. Mm -hmm. This guy, by the way, got off the ship before me. It's like taking a job before, you know, I'm leaving. (laughs) I tell Ike, no, I have to now make my move, put my stones on the table. I'm out. Because if I, I don't have that week to make sure it's not three weeks in a row, I can't personally live with myself if I'm buying donuts after being shafted two previous weeks. So now I'm out, leaving Ike three weeks backed up. He left in a huff. And I have to say, I think the very fabric of Donut Friday might be over with getting slammed with two home runs like that. This was a beautiful thing. Donuts for like four or five weeks at a time, they were free until right. it was your turn to buy them. And I've had no problem buying them in the past. No. I've been on the record. No, and I, I think it's, I, I've thought about getting a different kind of donut provider. We had the Entenmann's Friday. Right. Because a lot Changing is, it up. Right. This is taking on a life of its own, mostly in a positive way. Today wasn't a good day. Today wasn't a good day. And I have to say, I think diabetic shock around CBS Sports Radio on Friday. I might just take Friday off. Right. And avoid the whole thing. Me too. Me too. But, it's the Donut Me Too movement, I guess. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I'm away next week. By the time I'm back here on the PGP in two weeks, I, I will have an update. We have to know if Donut Friday still exists. Yes. Uh, or if it exists like as a farewell tour this Friday. Something's going to happen one way or another. But the donuts that you guys listening don't eat and don't care about will be discussed more in two weeks. So thank you for a very riveting edition of the 200th Permission Credit Podcast. Belgian waffle. Yes, Belgium waffle. Nope. Exactly. Uh, Andrew Bogus, you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, at Andrew Bogish. You can follow me on Twitter, at CBS. Have a great Belgium-French weekend, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.